What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, today is the second episode of Classic Rock Talk. I'm here again, joined by Cole. I'm back. He's back, and we're ready to talk about three more more. Oh yeah, of our favorite albums. And we're just going to jump straight into it. Nothing else to talk about. We're going to get right into it. We're going back to 1973. Uh, that's all I'm going to give you on this one. Good luck yeah. uh, with the guess here. Just Take 1973. <laughs> Um, we're gonna go with Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin. Their fifth studio album. Overall, um, very good album. Another one of those albums where I listen to it and I don't think I can name a song I don't like. Um, yeah. I completely agree. Uh, I listened to this album for the first time when you recommended it to me. I would actually never listened to it the album before um and i didn't recognize any of the songs from it either um but from what i from what i listened to i i mean i listened to it multiple times afterwards um great great track list yes Uh, it's got eight or nine songs um i think it's eight i think it's eight okay um uh we'll start we'll start with the a side as you do who starts with the b side we'll start with the a side uh so they start with the the song remains the same, the rain song, over the hills and far away, and the crunch. Mm-hmm. So the song remains the same is originally meant to be an instrumental, but it has lyrics in it, and it actually the title inspired the movie, which is kind of this weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's little bits and then concert. And then more little bits, more concert. To understand it fully, you kind of you just you just have to watch the movie. Yeah, it's, it's just it's kind of it's just so it's hard to describe. But but you'd have to watch the movie itself to understand. Um, and then the rain song is a ballad, uh, about seven yes, seven is. minutes, seven and a half. Um, and then this song was created. Um, this song was created purely because. Uh, George Harrison complained to John Bonham uh, that the the band couldn't create ballads. You know, no ballads. They were like they hadn't created any ballads yet, and he's like, I bet you, I bet you couldn't create a ballad. And so John Bonham told Plant, and then they were like, We can make a ballad, easy. And then they <laughs> and they did, and, it's and they did. It is a very awesome song. It's pretty. It's one of those songs where I heard a lot about it. I just never bothered to listen to it until. I listened to it one day, listened to it through the full album one day. Pr- pretty beautiful song, actually. I really, I really like it. Yeah, uh, I, I would say, out of the four songs on A side, this one is probably my favorite. And I know "Over the Hills and Far Away" is another great song. That is my favorite on yeah. this album. And oh my god, this is a pretty popular one among Led Zeppelin fans. I even in classic rock radio. I hear it on um, Rock 101.5 all the time. Oh, yeah. but, um, holy shit, this song. I love this song. The beginning, when Paige plays the six-string acoustic guitar and then combines it with the 12-string, gives me goosebumps <laughs> every single time. I almost want to just like start the song over just so just, I can hear it again. It's, just, it's so good. It's such a good intro. Bass line is also pretty fun to play. So, so there you go, yeah. If you got a bass, you know how to play it, it's fun to play. 
I, yes, I, I had actually heard this song on the radio today on 101.5. <laughs> now that you mention it, I remember hearing it today. Yeah, it, I've heard them play that one pretty frequently. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's another one of those Zeppelin songs where I didn't appreciate it until I sat down and listened to it, actually. Because, you know, I just heard it on the radio before driving. Like, yeah, cool. Then I sat down and I listened to, you know, the arrangement. And it sounds very good. Yeah. Love the chorus sound from the 12 string. <laughs> so good. Beautiful. So good. Um, the last song, The Crunch, very, very different. That's yes. what I'll say. That's what I'll say. It's very different. Um, and apparently this song evolved from a jam session. Like, it wasn't the, like, the jam session didn't become the song, but that's kind of what it but evolved it just, into. Yeah. Um, and you can really um, tell by the sound of it. Yeah. It's... <laughs> They kind of just start throwing throwing instruments. Together. It's very on the fly. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's just it's a really crazy song. I like it though. It's that banana in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. fun. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome song. Uh, but that's it for A side. We'll move over to B side here. We have Dancing Days, Dire Maker, No Quarter, and The Ocean. Hmm. Um. This is, I mean, this side's also great. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Dancing Days is probably out, out of the whole album, probably the, one of the more forgettable songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the track list, uh, still great. It's still great. Um, but when I think, when I think Houses of the Holy, when I've been thinking that recently, the first songs that come to my head, Dancing Days isn't one of them. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. It's 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 got that like fifth fifth track syndrome where it's just kind of sandwiched in the middle and it's it doesn't have really anything going for it so mm-hmm. it's not that memorable um but the next song dire maker that is a pretty memorable one. that's a memorable one for um, sure. one thing i'm sure a lot of people noticed about this song is john bottom's drumming um very unique drum sound in this song um to me, it almost has a bit of a reggae flavor to it. Just kind of the sound of it. It's yeah. Just the way it progresses, it sounds really different from the Led Zeppelin sound. Plant also provides some beautiful vocals in this one, also. It's, yeah, I think I think I remember reading somewhere that he was. This was the vocals that he was most proud of mm-hmm. in this album. I yeah. think that's what I think that's what I read. Um, but that a Dire Maker, great song. Um, then you have No Quarter uh, in the Ocean, uh, rounding it out. Uh, the Ocean is probably my favorite song on the B-side. Up there with that, like, it's Dire Maker or The Ocean, you know, very close. I have basically all these songs on my playlist. I, I love yeah. them all. Um, there's one specific part in The Ocean that I really love. And I was talking to you about this. So it, it's the part where it kind of goes into an instrumental break. If I remember correctly, it's after the guitar solo. Yes. And it leads into the end of the song. Or it might be even be in the guitar solo. I can't remember. But it... Really fun sound. I also like the sailor chant at the beginning of it. At the, yes. It's, yeah. That's also a funny part of it. <laughs> um, but. And something I found out when researching about this song is it has a two-phase time signature. It starts in 4-4 four, four, and then mm-hmm. it falls into a 7-8. I don't know. I'm not a musical like wizard or anything. Like I don't know a lot about uh, sheet music or anything like that. 
but uh, just that slight that slight increase in sp- and I guess what you could say like in basic terms a slight increase in speed is what that would be yeah um, Led Zeppelin's pretty known for that too they're um, they also have a really unique speed I can't remember it exactly in Fool in the Rain which is another one of my favorite Zeppelin tracks and it just it stands out it makes the songs stand out in such a way such a small way but it I don't know. It just makes it different. It yeah, and if 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 it's something you're listening for, you will you will find it. Like, that's that's the real difference here is when you're looking for stuff like this, that it's in there, and they they did great job with it. Uh, I I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if you were astute, you would notice that there is not actually a track named "Houses yes. of the Holy." No title track. No title track for this one. But the next album. That is where the title track comes. Yeah, it's uh, it comes in physical graffiti. I'm not really sure why they they didn't um, they didn't release it with this album. I I didn't I really don't haven't had the chance to ask. Yeah, it's um, just really weird. <laughs> it's just kind of weird, uh, especially that for them to shelve it and then stick with the name. Still, I guess they didn't want to change it to any of the other songs in the in the album i guess and, not which i mean i don't really blame them they're all amazing songs yeah so i no title track syndrome here you mm-hmm. know and it, i i like all these songs mm-hmm. i like all of them i i i've got them all on my playlist now 100 percent agree very very good um an early classic rock too this is 1973 um mm-hmm. early 70s stuff right here and it's the, they they managed to hit it out of the park here. So yeah, I found this that is very incredible. This is the album that came after their Smash, nineteen seventy one album, um, Zeppelin Four. Zeppelin Four, yeah. And um, I just I think Stairway was the start of a transition. I think this album solidified that transition into Zeppelin being more than just another blues rock band or yeah you know it showed that they could experiment with those different sounds in the crunch and dire maker and the rain song you know it just it's it's very 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 good album yeah um in case you don't know uh the band in itself robert plant's the vocalist as we mentioned earlier robert plant uh very just a great voice um mm-hmm. uh jimmy page is the guitarist john bonham's the percussionist we mentioned his name a few times um and then john paul jones is the bait has got the bass and the keyboard as a uh, homer simpson homer simpson would pl- say plant page bonham and that other guy <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i it we we basically you didn't hear john paul jones's name until i mentioned him just now which John Paul Jones in, its, in himself is a very underrated musician because before he was in Zeppelin, he was actually a session bassist. And he just, he had already been working on a whole bunch of stuff like that and very talented multi-instrumentalist. Just overall, very good player. Yeah, and you can tell by listening to his to his drum lines in these songs uh, how talented he is. Um, so again, that... That was Houses of the Holy by Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin. Go ahead and check that out. We highly recommend it. Yes. 
highly you must recommend listen to it. it. You must absolutely have to. Um, but we're gonna jump. What is this? Eleven years into the future here. Yes, it is. Nineteen eighty-four is the year that this album was released. That's all I'm gonna give you again. We're all, we're only gonna give you the year. If you can manage to guess, it, that's pretty incredible. It was this band's sixth studio album. Okay, yeah, yeah, sixth studio album. So if you're you're really smart, you really have the knowledge. You might venture a guess out here. Band name starts with a V. We're gonna go with Van Halen. Hell yeah. 1984. That's the that is another, the title of the title of the album. Another very iconic album. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. And um, even if you don't recognize the name of the album, you will definitely recognize a few of the songs. Yeah. In the album. Hundred uh, percent. You've definitely heard some of these before. Um, and. Uh, because that was that's because it's, it was number two on the Billboard 200 in the U.S. for a long time, only only behind Thriller. And if you really know your stuff, if you really know your stuff, you would actually know that Eddie Van Halen made an appearance on one of the songs in Thriller, mm-hmm. and made and had a guitar solo. It was he it was it was his guitar solo. Um, and if you know the song, shout out to you. I'm not gonna say it because you know if you know that if you know you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Van Halen, good enough to make an appearance on Thriller. I also thought it was funny that I was watching Eddie Van Halen explain it and he was like, yeah, I didn't really tell any of the guys that I did it. I just kind of did it. <laughs> it's it's did like, it. oh, wow. Wow. Good job. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't, he didn't mention anything. I didn't read anything that he had mentioned it to anybody either. Mm-mm. Uh, just it, it just kind of happened. Uh, he was in, cause he thought it was like, well, he, he, they invited him to do it. And he thought it was like a prank call or something. I remember yeah. reading that. He thought it was like a prank call. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't really take it that seriously at first. And then it just happened because, you know, he responded and then they just, it just happened. It was actually real. And then he just, he didn't have really time, enough time, I guess, to tell anybody about it. But that's so, pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Warner Brothers is, is their label. It's, there was a lot of Warner Brothers at the time in the U.S. Yep. Um, but you want to go through the song list? Yeah, so um, side A is 1984, Jump, Panama, and Top Jimmy, and then Drop Dead Legs, which the title track on this album is a bit different because it's not an actual song. It's more of an intro, and I wanted to say I want to give credit to Eddie Van Halen for being a very underrated synth player i do not think that this guy's keyboard work or synth work is talked about nearly as much as his guitar playing is and it's is very good hearing that transition from 1984 to jump yes because also gives me goosebumps but man it's it is um very very awesome synth song and that goes straight into jump which also is another awesome song with a synth under it yeah if you synth is like the bass the bass of the song it's like that's the whole song i'm pretty sure it's the bass line i'm pretty sure that's what it's considered it yeah it's, it's like the it's cons- it's it's played the synth plays the bass and uh michael anthony also plays the bass also yeah but yeah. it's it's you take out the bass or the synth line of that song it's not the same it's not jump it's, it's not um, something else if 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 you're looking for a song to play and you have a keyboard or a synth uh dude do, do jump 
uh, yeah. learning that bass, and then especially the later part of the song when uh, uh, goes into that it little, goes into the, that, that little solo. Scene. Yeah. Oh man, uh, that is super fun to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, then you mentioned all those, all the songs. Um, Panama uh, comes after Jump. Again, th- these are the ones you probably heard is um, Jump and Panama, especially. Those were probably on the top 100 for a long time. Yeah, Panama's very high energy song. Yes. Um, there's this one Family Guy bit I saw I think the other day where they were talking about a um what's his name? Peter Griffin was in a high speed chase and uh, he's listening to Panama while he's running from the cops <laughs> and they're like, wait till he gets to the slow part. And he yeah. starts slowing down. And I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> very high energy song oh yeah um there's a there's a part in that song where there's revving you can hear revving mm-hmm. and, and that's apparently from uh eddie's lamborghini i had no idea they attached a microphone to the exhaust pipe and just went ham <laughs> which you can pretty innovative you can definitely tell it's a lamborghini and not the muscle car of any sort it's yeah. just kind of by the sound of it but it's Still pretty iconic, also. Um, we have then after that's Top Jimmy, um, Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. You might have heard you might have heard of them. They were around before Van Halen, um, but apparently this is this is this song is about Top Jimmy, uh, apparently, yeah. um, because apparently uh, Roth I think showed up and. He had listened to their, yeah. He had listened to their stuff before, and so he, he what he did was he took an instrumental that they had that they had already made, which was actually called Ripley, after Steve Ripley, who designed Eddie's uh, stereo guitar. Um, they that was what the instrumental was called. They took that instrumental, and then they added lyrics to it, and that's the song you have. So that's that's some pretty deep lore, some pretty cool lore. Yeah. Um, about this song and how it developed. Um, and it's also an amazing song. This one that I think this might be my favorite uh, on the A side at least. Yeah, I, um, it's it's a really solid song. Yeah. Also very, very. I wouldn't say high high octane like Panama, but also but very upbeat mm-hmm. in the. Uh, in the essence of Panama, you could say. Um, yeah. Drop Dead Legs kind of slows it down a little bit then. Um, definitely slows it down. A bit, bit. Yeah, a bit of a dramatic shift. Yeah. Um, it's the only song on the A side, I would say. That's 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 pretty slow and not high octane. But... Yeah, even, even 1984 actually has yeah. really a decent speed under it, which is kind of funny because it's... <laughs> it's just a synth part yeah but... it's, just, it's like a minute 30 it's just a synth but uh drop dead leg still a good song uh still a great song i think um uh but that's side a mm-hmm. and then uh, that had five tracks and then side b has four yep uh it's got hot for teacher and then i'll wait girl gone bad and house of pain mm-hmm uh Definitely, I, I I would definitely say A side is is my favorite here. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But um, Hopper Teacher also is another awesome song. I've really loved that 
Yes. The begin. I'm sure everyone loves the beginning, but yeah. I love how it sounds just exactly like a motorcycle. Oh, I don't know how they did that. And when I first, I mean, I heard the song for the first time, I, I actually thought it was. Yeah, like, it's, I'm it, pretty sure it's him using the, uh, like a double kick. A double, yeah. He's got to be using some but it's double kick. Pretty insane. Yeah, go. You gotta gotta listen for it, to it for yourself. You would think yeah, you would think it sounds like we can't do it too. justice. Yeah, talking about it. Um, I'd say I'll wait though. Uh, very good song. Yeah, I think I think best song on B side, and then it rivals the songs on A side too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this song. I do too. That's it's honestly I'd even go as far as to say it's probably my second favorite song on this album. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would agree with you. I I really like it. It's it's definitely the bright spot on the B side. Um, just great. They they did great job with the vocals, um, the instrumentals as well. And if you you might know this already, this might be common knowledge. Um, but it was written in collaboration with Michael McDonald. Hell yeah! Uh, so that's pretty that's pretty damn cool. Um, gotta love Michael McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> but that that yeah definitely my favorite one of or my top two at least mm-hmm. it's yeah it's such a good album i don't know it's yeah. hard to choose uh, but girl gone bad and house of pain not bad either mm-hmm. especially i like girl gone bad more than house of pain house yeah. of pain is kind of one of the kind of kind of a weirder venture it, yeah it kind of is actually because it's just, i don't know it's it was very strange the first time i listened to it i was like okay yeah it's 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 not it's not like the typical van halen uh, sort of style or theme or yeah especially throughout the rest of the tr- track like this is the last song and it kind of just jolts you in a different direction it doesn't like it doesn't like slow it down and bring that album to a conclusion it doesn't like speed it up or anything or it's 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 not necessarily high octane like we've mentioned before with the previous parts mm-hmm. it's just kind of out of left field yeah it uh, is. that's the best i could describe it so yeah it's a it's field. a very weird weird shift yeah and especially for a final song where it just kind of like shifts like that and the album's done it's kind of the album's done yeah really strange but it makes you it made me think at least that they wanted to release one more song they wanted to stick one at the end i could i could definitely see that yeah because this is this is a type of song you would you would think it would appear in the middle of an album not at the tail end um you would you would expect something like i'll wait to come at the end of the yeah. album or something like that, um, but uh, again, while it might be uh, might might be strange, it's not bad by any means. Mm-mm. Um, and then we have the music the the band roundup here. We have David Lee Roth, who's the vocalist I mentioned earlier, uh, that put put lyrics over that t- uh, for Top Jimmy, um, and then Michael Anthony, and then Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Which... If you didn't know, that's it's the Van Halen brothers, you know. Also, this was um, actually the last Van Halen album yeah. to feature Roth up until... Up until their... Uh, oh, isn't shoot. it A Certain Kind of Truth? Uh, I know it's the album with the train on it. Yeah, yeah, Certain Kind of Truth. Yeah. I can't remember it, when that was one was for released, a long but time. Yeah, he was famously replaced by um, Sammy Hagar. Also a very good singer, but, you know, David Lee... David Lee Roth is kind of the voice that's associated with Van Halen. Yeah, I have to agree there. Um, 
uh, yeah, when you think Van Halen, you 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 think to, back to some of these earlier albums and David Lee Roth. Um, um did Alex? Uh, did Alex leave eventually? I swear. No, I think he stayed. Or was it Michael Anthony? I don't it was know. Michael Anthony that was left, Mike. and he's actually in a band with Sammy Hagar now. Now, yeah. Um, with fun fact, he's also that same band has Sammy Hagar, uh, Michael Anthony, and uh, Jason Bonham, John Bonham's oh, son, John Bonham's on drums. Son. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's Sammy Hagar's Circle. Um, I have listened to a few of their songs. They're pretty good. They're definitely older, but yeah, but hey, yeah, they still sound pretty good. And I also remember <laughs> I read this very strange article a while back. Let's say it was a year ago, and it was talking about how Sammy Hagar thought Alex Van Halen was a better drummer than Neil Peart because he wasn't flashy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. that's Whatever. your opinion, yeah, I guess. I, guess. I personally, I don't believe that. Um, while they are both very good drummers, they're also two different styles. Yeah, one of them's flashy. And one of them's yeah, not, apparently, one of them's very flashy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's I just I was really like. I don't know, I was just like, what the heck? Kind of baffled by it. Yeah. And it just came out of, like, left field, too. It was like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Neil Peart isn't as good as Alex Van Halen. It's like, oh, okay. Um, but that's, that is that for you. That's 1984 by Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't recommend it enough. Love the album. Love the guys. I'll have to check out, uh, what'd you say it was called? Sammy Hagar and, and the Circle. Circle. Sammy Hagar's Circle. I'll have to check that out. That's really cool. Um... But we will move on to album number three now, the final album. We are jumping just one year into the future this time, taking a little bit of a different direction, I'd say, uh, in in classic rock style than uh, Van Halen for sure, um, but also a little bit different than Led Zeppelin. Um, and that is Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Yes. Um, it's their fifth studio album. Uh, Warner Brothers record label in the U.S., um, but Vertigo internationally and mm-hmm. uh, lots of stuff, won lots of Grammys. Which I actually have a uh, Vertigo pressing of this album. You do? Mm-hmm. Nice. I got home. I have <laughs> both a Warner Bros. and a Vertigo. You pressing, have both of them. So, um, but they it's the they're they're British or English uh, band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so that's I'm. Sure, they won Bird Awards as well as Grammys. Like I'm sure this this they won a lot of stuff. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, but we'll get into the song this year. It's another nine nine track uh, album like the previous one. Um, we'll start with Dayside. We have So Far Away, Money for Nothing, Walk of Life, Your Latest Trick, and Why Worry. And then the uh, B sides right across the river. The man's too strong. One world, brothers in arms. But so. I would uh, great composition overall. I there's yes. not a there is not a dark spot in this in 100%. this album. Uh, and what you're getting with Brothers in Arms, um, it's a lot of it's a lot of the same theme um, with different directions. Uh, you're gonna have slower songs, nothing like Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of slower stuff, lots of longer stuff. Which that's 
that was kind of the Dire Straits um, MO. They, um, I think a lot of people, we'll talk about money for nothing. I think a lot of people, when they hear Dire Straits, it's money for nothing, which this it's not their style. It's, yeah. It's actually kind of a bit of a far cry from their style, actually. Yeah, it's that's their version of an adventurous, like, yeah uh, track in this one um and it, even then it's not so it's not so far i mean it's still kind of slow it's not especially when you get after the intro it is still kind of a slow song yes. it does eventually slow down um it's like it's it's an 80s rock song with their slower style yeah played into yeah it. yeah that's yeah that's very good um yeah that's a perfect uh, description um but i don't even know i don't know where to start uh <laughs> Because these, I love all these songs. I mean, oh, I have this whole playlist on, or I have this whole album on my playlist. Yeah, I do too. Uh, uh-huh. It's, uh, I guess we'll start at the top. So far away, uh, great introduction song. Yeah, hundred percent. So good. Um, that slow, just that slow singing. Oh, just great. Um, I, I guess that's Knopfler. Is that Knopfler? Yeah, that's Knopfler singing on that one. Um, he's he did great throughout the whole throughout the whole album too um mm-hmm. money for nothing's got a couple i guess you would just call them guest appearances yeah um uh there's a couple in that one um sting is the guy that's saying like in the background he's the one that's going like i want an mtv yeah. and wants his or sting wants his mtv yeah yeah um that video actually i'm pretty sure won some awards yeah, I think it won a Grammy. Yeah, which, I think it did. I mean, at the time, if you look at it, it's like, yeah, I can definitely see how people were kind of mind blown at this. Uh, yeah, this is nineteen eighty five. Eighty five, yeah. So yeah, I can understand. It was a bunch of like three D graphics. <laughs> Just watch it for yourself. Just it's watch great. It for it's great. It's pretty funny. Um, and then they also, it screams eighties to me. They have um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the visual effects called, but their headbands and stuff they like <laughs> they glow and they look like they're drawn on it is, it is the most 80s thing i've ever seen but it is it's great it's so funny to look at but yeah it's it's a great song i do think yeah. the drumming intro is ridiculous yeah. um <laughs> completely insane yeah talking about uh i'd like to know living the life I'd like to know. Yeah, basically, they won't. They 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 see stuff on MTV and then they they like buy it all or, or they I don't know. They yeah, that's they the just premise of the song. It's I think the premise is it's two guys talking about playing in a band and how it just gets you everything you want. Everything maybe yeah that and they, yeah maybe. because it and talks all the stuff they want is on MTV because it talks about them getting blisters on their little on their fingers. fingers yeah but yeah it's it's. It's, it's in the same vein as like Joe Walsh's uh, "Life's Been Good," or just kind of talking about, you know, being being in a rock band, just yeah, living the life. Yeah. Um, that I don't know what instrument that is at the beginning, of the intro where they get that super high pitched note out of it. Um, I'm gonna assume it's a keyboard. I it's you would think it's gotta be a keyboard, but you hear like it like whammying or something like. It's yeah, kind of a, I think keyboards at that time did have that wham. But yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. a really weird sound. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that just got me curious. Um, but again, it's just 
uh, great song, uh, really fun instrumentals, and are just a really funny video and funny history to it. Yeah. Um, the song afterwards, uh, "Walk of Life," um, stuck in my head for so long. Um, um, there's this song is a really thumpy kind of rockabilly style to it. Yeah, that's a good. And idea. I think that's what I really like about this song is it's. It just it's dun, dun, dun. it kind of makes you just want to dance. Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> I do to describe it. It it there's it's the song where if you're standing, like if you're listening to it with earbuds in, like walking on the street, it's like you start tapping your foot or something, or like, like bobbing your head. You bob, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that sort of deal. It's it's not fast. Again, it's not it's not too too terribly fast, but it just has that nice yeah that, that nice rhythm to it. It's it's it almost sounds like faux happy. Uh, mm-hmm. where it's t- so happy to the point where you're tr- like suspicious of it <laughs> yeah and um this the video for this song is also very strange i've never really understood it it's a bunch of like sports players like wiping out yeah it's very this 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 track i guess is or this album i guess is full of weird videos <laughs> yeah um, but yeah another very weird that one's that video is a little more weirder i would say just yeah, kind of like just, I don't really understand what's going on. It's a bit more strange. Also, the beginning of this song where it's the um, oh, it's probably a keyboard. Yeah, I guess. it's a keyboard. It's very small and it's very quiet, but it sounds very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like it sounds like really good, like atmosphere noise almost to me. It just it's, I get you. Yeah, that atmospheric sort of. Yeah, style. it kind of sets the tone for the song. It's, yeah yeah and it actually kind of makes sense now that i think about it because it's in the video they're playing a stadium oh yeah and like the, okay the big atmospheric sound kind of reminds me of like i don't know whenever i hear that song i associate well, it with like going out on an empty stage yeah like if you 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 it's it's stadium atmosphere i'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's like a term yeah you, that's a term uh that's what it feels like um uh your latest trick the next one uh saxophone moment um, <laughs> michael brecker <laughs> lays uh, down a uh, terrific sax in this song yeah basically goes, yeah it's it's an eight minute song he starts the sax like a minute in and then doesn't stop the rest <laughs> the rest of the song uh incredible saxophone saxophone playing Mm-hmm. Again, another guest. That's a guest appearance again, Michael Brecker. Yes, it is. Not, not a, not a, not a regular, in Dire Straits. But I'm glad they brought him in. Oh, 100 percent. It's, it make it's one of those things that makes a song too. It just it. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's so ridiculously good that I don't think I could listen to it without the sax oh, no in the way. song. You no way. It just no <laughs> way. That saxophone is the song. It's character. It's so much character. Um. And then the last on A side is Why Worry. God, I I can't choose a favorite on in this. I don't album. think I could either. God, because this one is so good too. It's mm-hmm. about seven minutes, and it's it's a it's a very it's probably one of the slower songs. All these songs are slow, but this is probably one of the slowest ones. And instrumentals are great. Uh, like I, I could go on and on about them, but the this is one of the few songs where I kind of paid attention to the lyrics when I was listening to it, mm-hmm. and it's. Basically, he goes on in the first, like, two, three minutes of just, like, why are we worrying about, why are we worrying about these things? Yeah. These things happen every day. They happen to, uh, they happen to everybody, not they're, just us. They're little things, and you shouldn't let them 
yeah. bother you. And then the next four minutes, he doesn't say another word that in the next half of the song. It's like he's telling you why worry, and then just when you can just playing listen. a song. Just yeah. he's just playing a song for you. Just sit there and listen. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, that I think the lyrical genius of not putting any more lyrics after that, like the three minute mark or whatever it is. I think that's pretty brilliant. I do too. It's again, it's one of those songs where I just I love the lyrics. I I always like songs like that when they talk about basically like hey like why is this such a big deal yeah like, like just, it, just it, let it go yeah uh, a pretty big theme from classic rock songs at this time and lyrics you know not something I normally pay attention to all too much when I'm listening to yeah I, to a classic rock album especially um I'll even go back to Houses of the Holy when I listen to that I listened to that and I loved all of the instrumentals I didn't really pay too much attention to the lyrics that I was hearing um, on that first listen through. Um, but then afterwards, afterwards I did go back. But with this song, you know, it's I, it's harder for me to catch lyrics on like a first, on a first go around. I agree. I'm, I'm the exact same way. Nor, like when I list, I think the only band I actually pay attention to the lyrics in is Rush. And that's because Rush has some very complex themes yeah. that they discuss within their music. It's and, not... Big booty bitches, you know, common, <laughs> common rap theme. It's, it's, they're deeper. So you, yeah, it's you a, have to pay attention. And it's a deeper meaning. It feels like with every song, it just it's yeah, lyrically just a different shift. Um, and then this this song for me got me like Rush would get people like that. Why worry? Mm-hmm. It it got me to pay attention to the lyrics. Um, uh, and throughout the rest of the album. Uh, uh, we'll go on a B side though. Uh, Ride across the river, completely, kind of, kind of com- a complete tone shift. Yeah, uh, I would say from side A, uh, it's like we're starting with something completely different here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that about it actually. It's yeah, gives another character. That, again, it gives more character to the B side. Yeah, I, and that's when when you're making an album, you kind you need to do, kind of give character to the B side in any way you can. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know. Um, back then I suppose they would have listened to the whole thing through. Yeah. Probably, they probably would have listened to it on cassette if I were to guess. So being this, ni- this being 1985. Yeah. But, um, still on cassettes, it's even more of a pain to listen to a specific song than it is on then, like an LP. Like, oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's always good to mark stuff like that and change so that it regains the interest of the listener. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, it's kind of got this like ancient temple in the, in the forest or in the woodlands vibes to it. Like that's kind of the, yeah. it, the instruments tell that story. You don't even need to listen to the lyrics. The instruments no, you, tell yeah. that story. Um, but I think it's actually about uh, World War II. I think so. I think it, somebody's um, somebody's uh, dad, or maybe granddad was. Yeah, someone. Des- it was their description of what he had recalled to them about the World War Two. Well, you know, honestly, Mark Mark Knopfler was probably maybe thirties at this time. At this time, so maybe it could have been his dad. Yeah, just his dad. Um, but that, you can kind of get that vibe from the whole B-side. 
yeah. that this is about World War Two, And you don't even need to listen. You can kind of just tell by the titles. Mm-hmm. Right Across the River, The Man's Too Strong, One World, and Brothers in Arms. Yeah. Like, from those titles of the tracks alone, you can kind of tell that this is about something something pretty serious, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the Brothers in Arms wrapping it all up uh, with that title. Um, but, again, Right Across the River... Really cool, really cool direction they went in with that song. And then The Man's Too Strong, uh, also another great track. Yeah. Um, and One World, I I don't know, it's, it's tough for me on this B-side, which one's my favorite. But the thing that caught my attention with One World, uh, I don't know if this, I don't think it's there throughout the whole entire track. But later, it's probably there in like... This the third, the second, the third chorus, or maybe just the final one, but the the bass gets really heavy. Yeah, it gets super heavy at the at the very end. I think it starts at the second one, and I don't. Think, I, I think it builds. It yeah, because I noticed it more. Mm, I noticed it more. Yeah, yeah, that's what I noticed it more towards the end of the song. Uh, you can it's super heavy super low notes um that's a heavy it's just a very heavy bass going on right there which um, is also kind of strange for uh, dire straits for dire straits yeah um it doesn't take the focal point of the instrumental but you can you notice it you'll notice yeah, it it's because noticeable. it's just kind of a different a different style um and then brothers in arms uh final track title track title track um i like it Mm-hmm. Not my favorite. Not my, I mean, I can't choose. This album is so. Yeah, this is. This is such a great album. Hundred percent. I, I, it's. I can make a case, to myself, for any of these songs being my favorite. Mm-hmm. I I hundred percent agree. They all. They all just sound very well, just instrumentation as well, lyrics. Lyrically, they're well. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I'd think I'd give my I'd give myself a very tough time picking yeah a single track from this album that I like. I remember you mentioned with Rush, um, it was the last episode that you found it hard to find a flaw in anything Rush did. And this album, while Dire Straits, you know, maybe not their entire career has been great, but this album, I I can't find a flaw. Hundred percent, it's. It's yeah. We talked about how difficult it is for bands to pull an album like this. Um, they definitely got away with it this time. Yeah, hundred percent. I yeah. There's a reason why you don't hear albums like this so often. Yeah, no, are, it's it, you can't. You're not supposed to get away with stuff like this. Um, it's not impossible, but it's it's not easy at all. Yeah. You really have to be great, and um, they they were great. Um, uh, uh, Mark Knopfler, lead vocalist for most of these songs, I would assume. Love his uh, love his tone. He, great guitar tone. Yeah, all of these songs actually. Now that I'm looking at them, yeah. Um, but yeah, great guitar. Yeah, guitarist as well. Um, uh, John, I don't know actually know how to say his name. Is it Elsley? Or is it Ilsley? Ilsley? I, I think it's Ilsley. I think it's Ilsley. Uh, sorry bass, for vocalist. the yeah. mispronunciation. Uh, Alan Clark, Guy Fletcher, a couple of keyboard guys. 
Uh, Omar Hakim drums. Terry Williams has the drum intro. He was the guy that did the drum intro. Yeah, the crazy drum intro. Which I want to mention something about Omar Hakim. Um, the other day I uh, I was at work and there. For those of you who don't know, the Foo Fighters drummer died recently. They did a huge yeah. um, tribute concert for him in London. Yep. And I was at work on my 15. And I was like, oh well, I knew. Uh, the two guys from Rush were going to play. She's like, oh, I'll just turn on um, the live stream and see where they're at. Right when I turned it on, they started playing Overture to 2112. And um, so that song, it started with um, Dave Grohl on drums with Geddy Lee on bass and Alex Lifeson on guitar. They played um, Taylor Hawkins' favorite Rush song, which was YYZ, which is on um uh moving pictures the last the last one we mentioned on the last yeah. episode um omar hakim absolutely killed it on the drums this was on the live yes this was live live streamed absolutely killed it oh like man. almost neil peart level killed it it can, was so well done it was can i find it if i look it up well can i find it Record i don't it? know i know they have the full concert on paramount plus okay Okay. But um he oh man, he absolutely now I gotta, nailed oh, it. I got to I got to listen to that now. Yeah, it was it was so awesome to watch and I looked and I was like, "Man, I recognize him and this is actually where I recognized him from cuz he he's at, he's under a bunch of different things. I think he was more of a session drummer, but um very very skilled drummer. Very very skilled. Yeah, that's really cool. Taking over and playing drums like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely something I'm going to check And I out. even saw on Bit of Nerd, I'm in the Rush subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> definitely doesn't tell you something. But um, I was looking at multiple people post something about, you know, if Rush wants to tour again, they should get him they should, yeah. to play drums. Which I'm not completely sure they will because, you know, there's it's very hard to replace a drummer in a band, especially one as prolific as Neil Peart was. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he very good drummer, very underrated drummer. His I don't think his name's mentioned enough. But yeah, I completely agree. Um, but there you have it. That is Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Um, I couldn't recommend this album enough, especially uh, all three of the albums though. Yeah. Okay, Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin, 1984 by Van Halen, and then Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. All very, very, very well done albums. And unique in their own ways. Uh, yeah. You will find something you like in one of these. Uh, even if you don't listen to classic rock or not a fan or whatever, or even if you're only a fan of a specific type of classic rock, you'll find it in one of these three albums. Mm-hmm, 100%. And... Yeah, it's they're all they all have their distinct styles, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, yeah. You know, they're all still rock, but yeah, you know, Led Zeppelin's you can hear that very folky prog rock sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Nineteen eighty four, you can hear that synth driven hard rock sound, and then this you can hear that slower based rock. Yeah, they're slower. You're tuned down rock. You're I kind of want to say, like, um, it's got, like, a slow jazz feel. Yeah, and 
I also think it could be described as kind of like a Latin feel too. Yeah. Yeah, very, I agree. Very good sound to it. Uh, yeah. So you're dipping your toes in a whole lot of different things yeah. here. Um, but couldn't recommend these enough. It was uh, so fun to listen to these and then talk about them. Uh, just had a lot of fun listening yeah. to them, especially. Man, uh, great time. Basically, I think all of these songs are in my playlist now from all of the albums. <laughs> I'm mm. pretty sure they're all there. Yeah, it, I know 100%. Brothers in Arms and, um, and Houses of the Holy. For Houses sure. of the Holy, all of them are on my playlist. Yeah, I might be missing um, something from 1984. Maybe, I think maybe Dancing Days. I think from 1984, I'm missing Drop Dead Legs. Oh, I'm missing House of Pain. Mm. That's the one I'm missing. Um, but yeah, still, still great albums. Yeah, all of them are very awesome albums. Yeah, um, but that's gonna be it. For this episode of Classic Rock Talk, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we will be back we sometime sometime in the next few days, next week or so. And we're going to have three more albums for you guys. Same eras, probably, yeah. same About the same eras. We're going to probably just stick with like that 1970s to 19... Like, 1970 to 1990. Those 20 years, yeah. you're prob- that's probably where we're going to land. Very rarely will we go out... Like, we went outside last time with Red Hot Chili Peppers... And Stadium Arcadium, but that won't be that won't be very common. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff we'll talk about will be from 1970 to 1990, uh, but we will venture out. Don't worry, hundred um, percent. We love a lot of different rock stuff, and we'll get to it all. We will definitely get to it all. Um, but that that'll be coming up in the next few days, next week. So, thank you guys so much for listening again. We hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you guys on the next episode of Classic Rock Talk. Yep. See you later.